As your host of this podcast, I understand the importance of settling estates and avoiding family fights. However, I also recognize that estate planning is more than just the legalities. That's why I do shows about talking about death and handling grief. It's also about living well, aging gracefully, and leaving a lasting impact. In this episode, we're delving into the realms of midlife transformation and leaving a meaningful legacy. So get ready for an enlightening conversation with Jennifer Arthenton from Old Chicks No Shit on this episode of the Executor Help Podcast. This is the Executor Help Podcast. Learn how to settle an estate, pick an executor, and avoid family fights. For more information, go to davidedy.com. Now here's your host, David Edy. Welcome to the Executor Help Podcast. Today with me, I have a very special guest, Jennifer Arthurton. She is the founder of Old Chicks Know Some Shit, or No Shit Community. Uh, Jennifer, I really want to thank you for taking the time to be here. I, at the top of my opening, I talked a little bit about um, what I hope to do with the the podcast and what for it to accomplish. So it's more than just being an executor and, and estate planning. That's why I do shows about uh, death and um, handling grief. But before all that, it's also about living well, aging gracefully, and leaving a impactful uh, legacy. So that also means that there's going to be some midlife transformation. And for a lot of people, a lot of women, that's your expertise. You're thinking about the next phases in your life, about leaving a yeah. meaningful uh, legacy. And that's what caught my eye about the name of your uh, your community um, because I've got I, I it's it sounds funny by saying you're old chicks but be, deep down to me I know you're mature women who've got a lot of wisdom and you've got so much more to share so that's what yes. caught me and uh, I've got if we're going to go with that way I've got my old she's not gonna like this my old old chick which was Susan that's my partner in crime and then I've got Actually, in, in your area there in Toronto, I've got three ride or die girls that have been with me for 30, 30 years. And when my mom passed away, they all came to my uh, rescue. They were there at the funeral home uh, the next day. And, and that I'll never forget. So I don't look as, uh, at you ladies as old chicks. Like I said, you're mature uh, women with a lot of wisdom. I'll stop talking. And the first question I'm going to ask you is what inspired you? to take this journey? Because um, I know you had some also some multiple life challenges. Yeah. So Old Chicks No Shit was actually born out of my own midlife reinvention. At the age of 50, I found myself divorced, unemployed, an empty nester, and I was bedridden with a stress-related illness. Oh. And it was as though every identity of who I thought I was in the world was stripped away from me. And this was all like within a year leading up to my 50th birthday. And what was really scary, the most scary thing about it was that without my roles and titles, um, I had no idea who I was. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what I wanted for my life. Like if I wasn't, you know, serving my career, serving my family, doing all those things, you know, being a wife and a mother and all of that, then like, where, what was my purpose? Like, why was I on this planet? And so it sent me on a very deep personal and spiritual development journey, figure out who I was, like, who was the woman? underneath all of those roles and titles. And, you know, that journey really led me inwards. And, you know, Old Chicks No Shit was born because it's a tongue-in-cheek expression to bring light to a very important conversation um, about aging as a woman. So, you know, as women, we have been taught to see our value in our bodies and what we do for other people. 
And the reality is, you know, that's a teeny tiny part of who we are and where our value really lies is in what we know and the life experience that we have, the knowledge, um, the wisdom that we've acquired along the way. And that's not insignificant. In fact, it's, it's huge. And if we could see ourselves as valuable, then, you know, we can turn all of that knowledge and wisdom and experience into something incredibly valuable in the world. Cause I do believe that midlife women have so much to offer. And, you know, unfortunately we live in a society that tends to discount us because we're aging. I see that, you know, having, you know, hearing the conversations, mature women are, 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 have so much to say, and as you're right, society does change them, especially uh, does uh, look at it differently, especially if they, you know, um, they might lose a husband or, you know, either through divorce or they become widowed or they you know, have been phased out of the workforce. Their self-worth, they, they do a lot of reflection. I know a lot of uh, companies are now shutting down now and the, the workers have to figure out what's their next step. And I have some clients in that area, you know, when they're they're in their late 50s, early 60s, and they're they're concerned. They don't know. They're probably going through the the reflection that you probably went through. When women go through this midlife transformation and they need that transformation, how do you help them sort of get them to think about uh get over the setbacks to to start to, you know, get out of bed? In your case, what made you decide that you need to get out of the bed? Yeah. I mean, first of all, let me just say, I threw myself a big old pity party for a long time. (laughs) Like, why me? Why is this happening to me? This is like, and I truly believe that it was the beginning of the end because who starts over at 50? You know, I'm supposed to be riding off into the retirement sunset with a pot of gold under my arm, you know, and, you know, on the arm of a handsome man. And none of that was my reality. So it really started questioning, like, what was even possible for me? Like, you know, I've never seen anybody start over at 50, like what's possible. And I started doing, I started digging. I'm like, okay, there has to be people out there. So I started digging to see if I could find the stories of women who had reinvented themselves. And, you know, I I saw that it was actually ridiculously inspiring. There were many women who had done incredible things in the second half of their life. And I'm like, why do we not hear about this anymore? If you look at mainstream advertising, especially to women, it's like, you know, uh, anti-wrinkle cream, you know, meal replacement yeah. shake sitting around waiting for grandparents. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm 50. I have 30 years or maybe 40 years ahead of me. Like, am I really just going to sit around and like wait for the end? Like, it seems ridiculous. And when I started looking at this as being the longest chapter of my life yet, and it might even be several chapters, right? The right. longest chapter of my life yet, I'm like, okay, I get to choose, I get to decide what I want this chapter to be. Because in the first chapters of my life, I lived by a sense of duty and obligation. Like I checked all the boxes and did everything I was supposed to do. Like go to school, get good marks, you know, get into a good college, get a good job, work your way up the ranks, you know, get married, have some kids. Like I did all of that, right? And I never checked in with myself to say, is this, are you happy? Is this really what you want? I just kind of followed the path. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, I have this chapter ahead of me that I get to decide what goes into it. And so the journey was to figure out what is meaningful and important to me. And that's where I start the journey with every woman, because as women, we are notoriously disconnected from ourselves because we're so busy doing everything for everybody else. And so the first step on the journey is connecting back with who we are. Like, what do we want? What's important to us? Where are our passions? What brings us joy? And when we can start connecting with those parts of ourselves, we start to get, 
you know, clues, insights, uh, thoughts about, oh, yes, I'd like to explore this more because it makes me really happy. To find what brings the joy, that's where a lot of people can get stuck or yeah. women can get stuck. Yeah. Don't know. I mean, I had clients that were, um, you know, that they were ready to retire, divorced, they, they've done everything, they've accumulated enough money that there'd be, you know, they don't have to worry about it. they've got their health, but yeah. they don't know what's next. They're stuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you know? Do you, you know, you're you're afraid to go outside your comfort zone? How do you get unstuck to say, yeah. well, what is that that thing that's going to make me happy? Yeah. So the first thing is, um, like I mentioned, is to go inwards, right? Like right. to sit to sit with yourself. I recommend to people all the time journaling, meditation, or even just like sitting for five minutes with your cup of coffee in the morning before the rest of the house is woken up, right? And just like start tuning into yourself, right? Women have very, very strong intuitive powers. But for most of us, we again, we, we, you know, shove that down because we're so busy doing, doing and people pleasing and all of these things, right? But it's about connecting back with that part of us inside of us, like, all the answers we need have always been inside of us, our job is to tune in and listen. So, you know, I talk a lot, um, I advise my clients a lot on, you know, creating like a visualization, what's your perfect day, right? Like, start small, like what's a perfect hour, right? Create a visualization. What are you doing? Who are you talking to? Who are you with? You know, what do your surroundings look like? And start connecting with those places. And as you start connecting with those little crumbs of joy, I call them, mm-hmm. it starts to open up other doors and that will kind of lead the way. Like, so in my own case, for example, like I was so sick that I could barely go for a 10 minute walk. So I would literally go across the street from my house to the park And I would sit under a tree and I'd be like, you know, enjoying the sounds of nature and all of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, a thought popped in my head one day about like, oh, you should write something. And I'm like, well, I'm not a writer. Then I thought, okay, well, let me just try. Started writing something which turned into a blog, you know, and I literally followed the crumbs of joy all the way along. And for some people, for some women, there is a long held dream that they've had or some desire that they have that they just keep pushing down like, oh, it's not possible. It's that thing that pops up. And then immediately it pops up, you layer 10 reasons on top of it why it can't happen. So what I say is take that little desire, that little dream, no matter how ridiculous it seems, and play with it for a little dance with it for a bit, right? Like picture yourself in that scenario, and just start expanding, like opening up to those possibilities. Because that's the other part, right? We're so disconnected that we've cut off all possibility, right? I literally could see no possibility for my life. Like, if I wasn't a corporate executive, there was nothing. And, you know, at that, I, point, at that time, point, you thought that was the be all end all. And then and that's what yeah. made you who you were. Right. Because that's what I had been trained to do. I hadn't, you know, and along the way, there was this little niggling voice inside me every once in a while that would pop up and it would go, is this it? Is this what you work so hard for? Is this all there is? And I would immediately shut it down because I'm like, I got a job to do here. And I had no answers. I'm like, well, if it's not this, what is it? Because this is what I was trained to do. I only saw one path. One of the most important things I did was to start having coffee. I booked coffee dates with as many different people from as many different walks of life as possible. And it opened my eyes to all kinds of ways. Uh, It opened my eyes to all kinds of ways, you know, that people were making money, that people were things that people were doing in their lives, things that brought them joy. And I was like, oh, wow, I've been in this little corporate silo box, you know, with all kinds of people who look and operate and talk and think just like me. And when I stepped outside of that and saw the way that other people were living, that there were other jobs that I'd never even heard of, never considered ways to make money that like were completely foreign. I was like, oh, okay, 
I need to start expanding my thinking beyond my current box. And so I tell women to take one teeny tiny step out of your comfort zone. So if you always, you know, go to this restaurant, go to a different restaurant. If you're always hanging around this group of people, find another group of people, right? And just take tiny little steps and start expanding the possibilities that are available to your brain, to your brain. You know, you said you you had that pity party from the time you got out of bed to that pity party. How long did that take? How long did you, did you, did, what was it? Was there something that snapped that day, that moment? Was there something that you can see that was a, a defining moment says, okay, I, you know, flag down. This is, I'm taking a stand now. Things are going to be different. What was it that, that, that triggered you? You know, I don't think there was any one trigger per se. I think it was a bunch of things. And I, you know, this is the thing people often think that, you know, the, the journey to change or, you know, personal development is like a flash moment where literally everything happens. Sometimes it is, but for most of us, it's, it is a journey and it's about a journey of discovering ourselves. So like I said, I literally was like, tune in to myself, understand, okay, what, what do I feel like right now? And do that thing. And then that thing would lead to the next thing. And it so it was a progressive, it was it really was a progressive journey, right? Of just following right. little crumbs of joy along the way. If there was one thing, it was really the fact that the, this whole idea that I had a 30-year chapter ahead of me, right? Like I kept focusing on that. And I'm like, wow, that's a really long time. Like, how do I want to live the next 30 years? And what do I want my life to be? Like I kept asking myself, what do I want my life to be? And the more I asked that question, you know, the more the answer would come to me. Like, for example, one of the things I've discovered on this journey is like, I am a highly creative person. Had you asked me 10 years ago, if I was a creative person, I would have said no, because I worked in a corporate strategy job. Right. <laughs> right. But it's actually core to who I am. And it's important for me to have a creative outlet to thrive. Right. So I was like, oh, now that I know that about myself, right, like now I can start following those other creative pursuits. So it really is a journey of self-discovery because you know, this next chapter of our lives is all about what's true and meaningful and important to us. So we're stepping into the most authentic version of who we are and, you know, following those things that have meaning for us. And that's what keeps pulling us forward. You know, in the eyes of society, that now that, you know, things have changed, you're at that midlife point, and you've got the 30 years ahead of you. It's a sort of a reprogramming of your brain and, and how you know, you want to go forward? Absolutely. It is most definitely a reprogramming. I call it an unlearning. So basically, it's a process of unlearning everything that that you've learned how to be. So for example, um, I was actually having this conversation with a client like just about an hour ago. As you know, I see so many older women who are like really obsessed with their bodies and how their body is changing and trying to hold on to, you know, a certain look, a certain way of being, you know, trying not to show their age. And this is where it's really important that we find like what brings us joy and makes us and, you know, ignites our passion. Because when we're focused on all of our energy on trying to prevent something from happening, like the natural process of aging, right? Like it's a futile effort. Like you cannot stop the aging process, right? And as long as we're focused over there, we're very disempowered. If we can then refocus ourselves to what's true and meaningful for us, that means we're not spending time, you know, beating ourselves up for not looking like the beauty ideal, which is something like 30 years old, which is so ridiculous in my mind, right? Right. right? We're instead. Who are they doing that for? Are they doing it in the eyes of other 
for other women or is it it's to stay relevant in in, in for men I can't believe I just said it's that. A bit, well, it's a, it's, bit yeah. of, it's a bit of both, right? Because we yeah. live in a culture that has taught women that their value lies in, you know, is their body pleasing to somebody outside of them? You know, what is it that they do for other people, right? Their ability to have babies. So you reach this point of your life where, okay, your body's now shifting, right? And it no longer fits the cultural beauty ideal. You know, your kids have left home, so you're not nearly as busy. Maybe your career is on autopilot, right? Now, all of a sudden, you know, and you can no longer have kids, all of a sudden now you're questioning, where's my value? Where do I fit in? Which is where, and nobody wants to be ignored, um, you know, or feeling like they're irrelevant, irrelevant. So they glom onto the first thing that they think they can control, which is their body and how they look, because the rest of it is a little bit more difficult to control, right? And that's where we stay disempowered. Whereas when we go inside of ourselves and to like really discover you know, what's true and meaningful for us, what brings us joy, what's our passion, like what matters to us. And we're focusing our energy there. We can't be focusing it on, you know, what our bodies look like and the extra gray hairs and wrinkles and things like that. And that's not to say that you should never take care of your body or work out or get plastic surgery. Like everybody is entitled to do whatever they want to do. It's a question of where is our energy focused? And when all of our energy is focused on, you know, trying to prevent something, we are in a very disempowered state. And I get it. I understand. We live in a culture that has put us in that. You said that you, 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 you coach women. Have you got any success stories from women who've transform their lives after reaching midlife? Oh, yeah. Gosh, there's so many. You know, I talked earlier about, you know, women having a dream or a desire for their life, but they, you know, they don't trust it or they, you know, they immediately, you know, push it down. Um, I had one woman recently in one of my uh, groups who had an incredible idea for a charity. And, you know, one of the things that I make women do when they come in, if they have a dream or desire, no matter how crazy it seems to them and how out of reach it seems to them, I make them voice it. And for many of them, this is the very first time they've ever said it out loud. It's like this little secret desire that they have. And this, you know, one woman was like, she kept saying, okay, let me go last. Let me go last. And she prefaced her you know, speaking her desire by saying, this is really silly. You know, you guys are going to think this is crazy, blah, 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 blah. And she vocalized this idea that she had for um, a charity for helping underprivileged women. And everybody in that group was so moved by her idea, right? And I'm watching their faces and I can see them taking it in. And then she says, yes, see, it was really, really silly. And I said to her, look around the room at this table. I mean, look around this table at at these women and tell me what you see on their faces. And for the first time, she'd spoke it out loud and she saw other people react to it. And in that instant, that dream took one step into reality. She has since taken it forward and is, you know, working diligently on building this beautiful, beautiful charitable organization. And like it went from her going, I have no idea what I want for my life to I'm going to share this crazy idea with you. She saw how it resonated. And then, you know, she took that passion forward with her. So to me, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful indication of, you know, speaking, like allowing, speaking that desire and allowing it to expand a little bit, allowing it to grow into something, which she then, you know, took all the action and moved forward with it. So she took, she took that fear, shared it with others, and it became an opportunity which, which she probably kept, you know, held inside. Oh, no one's really going to, 
um, believe in this idea. And she said it out loud and right. it resonated. Oh, that's amazing. I can't believe I'm about to ask this question. But this, the lady, the old chicks that I'm around, you say that uh, menopause, I, I just said it, menopause is a gift rather than a burden. How is yeah. that? Uh, I call menopause the great awakening. Um, any woman listening to this who has gone through menopause will recognize the fact that menopause, the process of going through menopause is very much like the process of going through puberty, right? Like you're being ushered into a new chapter of your life and there's a physical representation of that transformation and that shift. And one thing that happens for to women during menopause is their tolerance for anything that is not aligned with who they are is teeny, teeny, tiny. And it really allows you to um, evaluate what it is that you want in your life, what you want to carry forward and what you want to leave behind. So it's a little bit like a bit of a clearing house, right? Like, so during menopause, a lot of, you know, people are like, do I even like my spouse? Right? Like this career that I've had forever, like this is just not working for me anymore. So there's a lot of that kind of questioning. And sometimes they come back around to it and say, yeah, okay, this is exactly what I want to move forward, but they've made a conscious decision. And so it's an awakening because so many of us, in fact, I think most of us live our lives unconsciously going through the daily motions of things and time goes by. This is like the wake up point where you get to say, you know what, that career does not fit who I am anymore. I'm going to do something about it. Or this relationship is no longer what it used to be. I'm going to do something about it. So it really is about, you know, aligning with the truth of who you are, like your most, uh, most authentic self, making sure that your life is reflecting that back to you as opposed to, you know, the unconscious, you know, going through the motions of life that most of us do day in, day out. So it's it's just another way to, what I think you said that the joys of, uh, we said thing about joys of crumbs. Was the, the crumbs of joy. Crumbs of joy. Sorry, sorry. I apologize. The crumbs of joy is it that that'll also come into a line in terms yeah. of uh, during that time there. Yeah, exactly. Where it's like you're questioning, does this make me happy now? Okay, no, pitching it, starting over. Right? Does this make me happy? Yes, I'm keeping that. Yeah. So it really okay. is just like a reevaluation point to, and you know, I call it the wake up point call because. I think for most of us, we would continue unconsciously if there wasn't that wake up point. But when you're not sleeping, you know, everything in your body is changing, right? Like you start to become very conscious of what's happening around you and what you're willing to tolerate and not. Uh, yes. I, I've seen. <laughs> yes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I've got that. So yes, you're right. I, I fully agree. You, you see the changes. Absolutely. Yep. But you also have some advice to, or what advice would you give to somebody who feels discouraged by, we talked a little bit about societal expectations and stereotypes associated with midlife. What would you say to them? Do, you know, be yourself. I know that's easier said than done, but, you know, don't give a damn what other people think. What, what would you say to the, we meet some words of encouragement? Yeah, no, this, you know, it really is about becoming a little bit of a rebel, actually, right? And so it's only aligning thing with things, like I said before, that feel important to you. And so, you know, as you're, as you're stepping into this new chapter of your life, and you know, you're starting to feel like, okay, I don't fit in anymore, you know, my body's changing, it's about refocusing right? So we talked about this, you know, I can focus on all of the things that I'm losing, or I can focus on all of the possibility. Now, the trouble comes is that, you know, 
as adults, we've forgotten how to daydream. We've forgotten how to open those doors of possibility. And so the work is about opening the doors to possibility on the other side. So how can I take my knowledge and wisdom and experience and move it forward into something that's important to me? So it's really about focusing forward about who I am on the inside, as opposed to you know, what's happening to the outside of my body, because that is not who we are. Like our physical beings are not who we are. You know, we are a brain, we are a soul, we are a mind, right? That has incredible gifts to share with the world, right? Right. Like one of the examples that I use all the time is killer whales. When killer whales are the only other mammal to go through menopause. And when they go through menopause, they, the female whales then become the leaders of their pods. So they help lead the pod to food. They help take care of the, the, the baby orcas, like all of this. And that's literally what we're doing. But it feels very foreign to us because we've never been taught that we're stepping into this leadership chapter of our lives, right. right? Like we've been taught that this is the beginning of the end. And so that's how we're looking at it. Like that's the mental perspective that we have is like, we're stepping into the beginning of the end. Whereas if we really got excited about the possibilities that we're stepping into, right? Like that's where we can start to find the joy. Like we can find the purpose and the meaning of that chapter. So it really is a shift of perspective. And I I say it's a little bit of a rebellion because you're going against what society has taught you about this chapter of your life. The women, like you were talking about the individual who came up with the idea with a charity and you had the women around the table. They've all come to have come to, you know, be coached by you and, you know, meet with other women. Do they all have the same, I'm not going to say problem, but do they see that there is a problem I need to, is it, do they all have something in, in common that they all end up coming to do, uh, you know, gather and talk with you and, and share with each other qualities or, you know, cause someone's listening right now and says, well, no, I think I've got it in, in hand and someone hasn't come to that realization yet. What is it, those qualities that they say, you know what, I need to make a change. of the women who end up in my community are women who know they want something different for their lives, but they're struggling to figure out what that is. So they've come to this point where there's a certain like part of my life or all of my life, or maybe I'm just changing, right? And I can't continue to live the way that I was living. I want to do something different, but like, what is it? How do I find it? So that's the place that we come to. Some women will come with an idea that says, I want to start a business in this next chapter of my life, but I really need, you know, that support and accountability, right? So they'll come in with that idea. So there are various stages, but it's all about women shifting into their power for this next chapter of their lives. So leaving behind, you know, their previous ways of being, showing up in the world of operating into something new that's more aligned with who they are. But it's the whole idea of being in a space of possibility with other like-minded people who are also in a space of possibility as opposed to, you know, being focused on what they're losing in this chapter of their lives. It sounds as though uh, in the remaining moments we got here together is that the next 30, 40 years of that, of, of your life, we'll use you as an example, is about leaving a legacy. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? I love this question so much. I think about legacy all the time. Um, And for me, um, my legacy is about changing the way that women in their 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s see themselves in this world and changing how, you know, they're changing them from feeling disempowered by age to being empowered by age. Right. So if I can, you know, affect one or two or 10 or a thousand or 10,000 women to get them to step into their power, we are actually shifting the narrative of what it means to be a midlife woman. 
So we are not the same women as our mothers and grandmothers were. Like we, there are so much more opportunity available to us. And we are paving the way. And the women of my generation are paving the way for the generations coming behind us. Um, yeah. This is the generation behind their, you know, the struggles that you that your generation has gone through. Do do they understand what you've gone through and do they appreciate how you've paved the way in terms of the legacy that you're trying to leave for them? Yeah, interestingly, I have this conversation with my daughter all the time and with her friends. And, you know, and most of them were like me. I didn't even think about, for most of my life, I didn't even think about a second chapter. Like my kind of life dream ended where my kid left home. And then beyond that, it was just kind of like a big black hole. Somewhere in there was a fuzzy notion of retirement, but really I had no idea what that was because I'd never, I'd never been taught that there is a next chapter. And so, you know, as I'm talking to my daughter and her friends, they're like, oh, wow, like, you know, you get to do something completely different, right? Like if you want to change your career and go and you can do that, right? So it's, again, showing them the fact that there's possibility. And, you know, like now my daughter's like, I haven't even figured out what I'm doing in this chapter of my life. And I'm also thinking about what I'm going to do in the chapter after that. Well, the guy, you as an example, you're already talking about the next chapter. They haven't even got through the <laughs> right. first chapter yet. Wow. But she, you know, and one of my, um, you know, a good friend of mine who's in her mid thirties, she said one of her greatest fears of aging was the fact that she was going to be considered irrelevant. And so she said, watching you and seeing your community and all of the women, all of a sudden I start to realize that, oh, I don't have to be irrelevant. I'm not going to be pushed to the side because I get to decide what's next. I get to choose what's relevant and what my where my relevance lies. And so that's like my greatest hope, my, you know, is that women will just see themselves a whole lot differently. I mean, there is like a, I forget how many billion, like I think it's a $60 billion anti-aging industry right? That profits off us making sure that we're not, don't have any wrinkles or gray hair or, you know, this supplement, that supplement, right? And that's, that's where our focus has been, right? Where there's so much more to explore outside of that. And if we can, you know, shift the perspective of, you know, the women of our gen, my generation and the women of generations coming behind, then job done. You talked about the community, the old chicks, no ship shit community. Um, how can people find out more about it? Yeah, so I am on all the social media platforms as old chicks know. That's K-N-O-W. Um, shit. So Instagram, Facebook, I guess that's it. Instagram and Facebook. Oh, and threads now, this new one. <laughs> um, yeah, so join join the community. Oh, I also have a free Facebook group as well, too. So um, join the community and you will hear about all of my offerings. Um, I'm actually just launching a new one called uh, Women, Wine and Midlife Wisdom, which is an intimate dinner gathering to talk about all the taboo subjects of midlife. But you yeah. got wine in there. So yes. that's, that's, that's a great evening right there. What would be your final message or advice you'd like to give the listener who's currently navigating midlife and seeking to create a kick-ass next chapter? You are not too old. It is never too late. And you, if you can dream it, you can do it. You know, I, I mean, I also have a podcast and I interview women who um, have reinvented their lives. And a lot of my guests have been, you know, I had one woman last week who is 75 and on her third business and she shows up every day and says, what can I learn today? And that's the attitude that we need to be coming at life with. You're never too old. It's never too late. Never. No matter what it is or how old you are, it is never too late.
It's it. I, first off, I want to thank you for being taking the time to, to have this conversation. Talking to you is like talking to my partner in crime, Susan, or my ride or die girls. You you exude the confidence. You really do. The old chicks really do know shit, but you take it to another level. And I thank you so much, Jennifer Arthurton, the founder of Old Chicks No Shit Community. Um, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully we can have another conversation another down the road because um, there's still so much more. Uh, well, I learned a lot. Some of it I knew already because I, again, the women I'm around, they make me a better man being around them. And uh, there's still more I still got to learn. So once again, thank you so much for being on the Executor Help podcast. Thank you so much. I mean, we could have a great conversation about women in retirement income. Um, that's one of my pet peeves, but thank you for having me today. I really enjoyed it. See, you set, you set, you set the stage in a couple of weeks. We'll have you back and we'll have that conversation. Absolutely. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media or by leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple podcasts to catch up with all the latest from me, go to davideady.com. There you can follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you next time.